Chapter Sixteen of Southern Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ken Masters. Southern Arabia by James and Mabel Bent. Chapter Sixteen The Hadramaut Coasting Eastward by Land. The journey was delightful, nearly all the way by the edge of the sea, past miles and miles of little mounds thrown up by the crabs in making their holes. Daily they make them, and they are daily washed away by the tide. They live in holes higher up, but these are refuges for the day while they are scavenging in the sea. They were nearly under the feet of the horses. Near Sheher we passed the mouth of the Arfa River, where there is water and near it are horribly smelling tanks where they make fish oil. We had to make a deviation of two miles inland to cross the estuary of the Wadi Gerid, and then go down to the sea again, but the last mile was over a low cliff covered with a smash of huge shells. It must be a furious place in a storm. We passed a wretched hamlet consisting of a few arbours and a well, whose waters were both bitter and salt hami hot where we stopped is sixteen miles from sherher it is most picturesquely situated at the foot of some low spurs volcanic in nature and is fertilized by a stream so very hot that you can hardly put your hands in it indeed in the tanks where it is collected in large volume it is quite impossible it is much cooler in the little irrigation channels which have hard beds from the incrustation of the sulphur the water is very nasty when hot but much better when it cools we did not enjoy our tea at all in hami we were encamped in a delightful spot under both date and coconut trees and hot baths were a pleasure to every one i had to wait a long time till mine in the tent was cool enough there was a great flutter when we arrived on the scene for there were a large number of women and girls bathing they did not seem to mind their own relations seeing them, but on our approach they rushed into their blue dresses and fled. This sulphurous stream makes the crops grow prodigiously, and we walked through fields of jowari and Indian corn as high as our heads. At our camp we had a delicious sea breeze, but in our walks abroad we got an occasional whiff of the little fish which were being boiled down to make oil for lamps and colours used in ship-painting. We paid a visit to the governor of Hami, who received us on the roof of his house where many were assembled, and scarcely had he greeted us when they all fell to praying, the mullah standing in front to lead and all the others standing in a row behind after that they gave us coffee with no sugar followed by tea with far too much and they pressed us to stay with them and partake of their evening meal but we declined politely and retired to our camp on march eleven we started for dis without any rows or brawls whatever dis is fifteen miles off we never went down to the shore at all that day but travelled over a barren undulating country which runs out to sea and forms ras bagashwa 
We went for half a mile close above the sea on a cliff twenty or thirty feet high, with many shells, some in an ordinary state, some half petrified, and some wholly so, but none embedded in the stone. After travelling three hours and a half we passed over and amongst a range of low hills, a volcanic jumble with earths of all colours, seams of gypsum, stuck-up edgeways, and many other things. I used once to sigh and groan over not having brought a geologist with us, but I was wiser by that time. It was enough to think of his specimens and their transport, to say nothing of the responsibility for his safety. Still, my husband and I often wished we knew more of the geology than we did. When the geologist does visit these parts, he must make a special bargain with his camel men, not based on his apparent, present, visible luggage, but upon what it may expand to. He might arrange to pay at the end according to the results of his journey. On one of the dreadful days with the jabbery, the man whose camel carried the botanical boxes positively refused to load up on account of having seen stones with lichen put in. And but for the fact of his being last and that all the other camels had started, we might have had to throw the things away. There was nothing to see at Dis but a sudden oasis of fertility caused by a hail, but the report of an inscription led my husband a long wild goose chase. The district is very populous, and from the old forts near it, evidently has been and is a very prosperous place. We had a great many patients, and were nearly driven wild with starers. To avoid the crowd, we pitched our tent tight up against a field of sugar canes, but so anxious were the populace to see me that the whole field was trodden down, and no one seemed to mind. There were perpetual shouts for the woman to come out. On this part of the journey, as well as in the Hadramaut, I was always simply spoken of as the Horma, of which the plural is Harem, and never as Bibi, Lady. There were some very light-skinned Arabs at Dis, with long, dark hair, which they dress with grease, wearing round their neck a coconut containing a supply of this toilet requisite for the purpose. Most of them affect red-played cotton turbans and waistcloths a decided relief to the eye from the perpetual indigo. We had a very damp night, not from rain but from dew, though there is more rain in this part than in the interior. We had an uninteresting march next day over desert and many stones, up and down hill, past a village called Haida, and went somewhat out of our way to see a rock with bitumen or asphalt oozing out of it. We went fifteen miles and encamped near Bagashwa, on the margin of a large and pretty pool made by recent rains, with bushes round it. Though pretty, this pool was not clean. Almost before we could dismount, the camels were unloaded, and in it, my horse immediately followed, and likewise all the camel men, and by the time our vessels could be unpacked to fetch the drinking water, the soldiers were washing their clothes consequently our water was turbid and of mingled flavours later my husband took a bath and said he felt as if he was sitting in warm oil my horse for two days after this was afflicted with a mysterious bleeding from the mouth which we did not till then discover was caused by three leeches under his tongue 
we did not like to put the bit in so the immense iron ring which was usually round his chin hung round his neck and clanked like the clapper of a bell while the nose was thrust through that part meant for his ears some pastoral bedouin were encamped near here whose abodes are about the simplest i ever saw just four posts stuck in the ground with a roof of mats to afford some shelter from the sun on this roof they hang their cooking utensils their only impedimenta when they move one old woman was boiling a pot of porridge another was grinding grain on a stone another was frying little fish on a stick whilst the men were engaged in picketing the kids on a rope with a very loose noose round each little neck and preparing the oil cakes for their camels we had just sunlight left to photograph them and perpetuate the existence of this most primitive life young camels are reared here we were so lucky as to discover a scorpion that had travelled in our tent from dis before it could do us harm that day one of the bedou soldiers came to me and asked me in a confidential sort of whisper are you a man or a woman we were five hours on our journey to kossier eleven miles which was our next stage over stones first then over heavy sand to the shore again there were not so many shells seaweeds corals crabs madripoors sponges and flamingos as we had seen near Sheher, but hundreds of seagulls sitting in the shallow water and quantities of porpoises the lobster shells which lie about are a beautiful blue mixed with red the great stretch of basalt which runs for fully fifteen miles along the coast with kossia in the middle caused us to mount on to the rocks some little distance before reaching kossia and when we got quite near we sat on a rocky hillock contemplating the town and awaiting our kafile that we might arrive with all the dignity due to the governor all our baggage was on five camels and the old sultan of the hamoumi on the sixth so we really need not have had the seventh that dirty old bedou owns many houses in chayel babwazia and other places the governor was a very thin old man very like don quixote his scanty hair and beard dyed red with henna he had been governor five years before and was now reappointed at the request of the town so great were the rejoicings manifested by the firing of many guns some came to meet him at the rock some stayed in the town some appeared on the tops of the numerous towers but no matter where they were one and all as well as those who came with us fired off their guns whenever they liked under our noses in and from every direction our animals did not mind one bit the governor and all the foot passengers arrived in the town with their feet twice the natural size from the clinging mud through which we had to pass and which necessitated great scraping of feet and picking out between toes with daggers we were most pleasantly received and taken upstairs in the governor's castle to a roofless room with a kind of shed along one side and here we subsided on mats very hot and soon a most powerfully strong tincture of tea with much sugar ginger and cinnamon was administered to us and though the kind old governor was so busy being welcomed by his happy old friends he was always coming to see that we were properly attended to we had our camp in his yard where we had a very comfortable room 
and enjoyed having his wall round us very much in the evening we went on the shore and about the town the town is on a small point and approached from the west it seems to lie four square and to present a very strong appearance with its yetz its castle and a we rode in by the gate on the northern side and were surprised to find that the side towards the sea had no wall but only four detached towers there were fishing boats on the beach with the planks just sewn together with cords the long line of black basalt jutting into capes here and there is thought by the arabs to be formed by the ashes of infidel towns the tiny port of kossia is just a nook where the boats can nestle behind a small low natural breakwater of the basalt boats lie on either side according to the wind next we went to raida three hours all along the top of the cliff the old hamumi sultan was with us of course otherwise there would have been no safety for us beyond kossier we had a dreadful experience passing the village of sarar the smell from the cemetery was so awful that even the bedouin had to hold their noses for many yards on both sides of it the village of sarar only consists of three large mud houses and a good many bamboo shanties we were amused by a man whom we met alone his terror of us was so great as we approached he lit his match got his gun all ready and left the path seeking cover but our people shouted what good can you do you are one and we are many and besides we mean you no harm so he came forward and there was great laughter both at and with him raida is a large fishing village certainly there are strange eaters in these parts the ichthyopagoi here prefer their fish generally in a decayed state and one of our hamumi soldiers had a treat of lizards which he popped in the fire to roast and ate whole we did not get much farther eastward that year with only two hours farther to rakhmit a very uninteresting journey but we were buoyed up by hopes of some very delightful inscriptions that were described to us one on the way to mosena to which we were supposed to be going that day and another in a cave quite close to mosena when we reached the river-bed at rakhmit a spot in the mountains about five miles off was pointed out so after very much and long consultation with the aged sultan we decided it would be safer to camp where we were see Masena the next day and return to the same camp however when we were quite prepared to go the five miles it appeared that it might be dangerous it was in the country of no one then present so we could have no siyara and the old hakumi chief said it would be bad for his sons the hostages so this plan had to be abandoned afterwards it was revealed to us that the cave is twenty miles from mosena on the akaba that there is no water near no village at mosena no means of getting forage so as in that case farther progress was useless as well as impossible we proposed to return the following day to Kassia, helping ourselves if possible with a boat from raida it took us three hours to return to raida where an old seyid took us into his house and led us to a little clean room ten feet by six feet and there we settled down on the matting to rest and have our luncheon till one o'clock when we started leaving the baggage camels to follow how thankful we were that 
Tastes differing, there were people in Arabia who could look upon us as harmless and pleasant individuals. Everyone had been nice to us, and we had had no difficulties whatever, and been treated like human beings just because we had not that horrid little Saleh Hassan with us. The more civil people were to us, the more enraged we were with him, and I think if the servants had carried out their threats against him when he should be on the Dow, the masters would not have interfered. It is fifteen miles from Raida to Kassir. We were quite determined, after the severe lesson we had had two days previously, to go windward of Sarah. When we passed a well there, I was requested to detach myself from the party, and go and let some women see me. And then the soldiers begged that I would show off Basha, prancing about, that the women might see that I did not want holding on. And finally they shouted, Shiloh, to make him gallop away amid screams of delight. I dare say these women had never seen a horse. The sultans at Sher had only three. We had already sent Zubda back to al Khatan. The soldiers were very fond of terrifying my horse when passing a village and I wanted to stare about to show him off. In avoiding Sarar we got into great difficulties with the loose sand. We went over it half a mile and when we reached the sea there was so narrow a strip of firm sand that our animals being too much afraid of the rising tide we had to make our way up again. We reached Kassir about half past five, warmly welcomed by Don Quixote who gave us coffee while awaiting our khalifa, which was, to our surprise and delight, only half an hour behind us, not having been fighting with the sand. We were made more angry with Saleh by finding that water, wood, forage, eggs, fish, and a little milk had been prepared for us beforehand. My night was disturbed by the old Hakmumi chief choosing the eve of our tent just beside my ear to say his prayers. Quiet nights, however, must not be expected in Ramazan. Next morning we were off at eight, of course dragging the poor wizened old gentleman with us on a camel, two hours, six miles up the Wadi Shirwan to see a ruin at the village of Marbeh, where there is a running stream. At the entrance to Wadi Shirwan the ruins are situated. They consist of a large fort, circular on one side and about forty feet in diameter built of round water-worn stones set in very strong cement dating from the same period as those at kyle babwazia evidently the medieval inhabitants of arabia chose these two points for good water tobacco is also grown here besides other things the water is really good and sweet we behaved with the greatest temerity in entering these ruins no one now living had been in before we did the building is the abode of jinni, and no one who goes in is ever able to come out by the same door. We were so fortunate as to be able to do so. On the road we saw a stone, and were told that a jinni, or guinea as they are called in southern Arabia, was bringing this to help to build the fort when he was met by another jinni, who said, Why do you bring stones when the fort is finished? So he dropped it in disgust. Jinni are able to get sufficiently near to heaven to hear the conversation of the angels, and there are various incantations to make them reveal the whereabouts of hidden treasures. One called Darb el-Mendel, carried on with a handkerchief, is much in vogue. 
Marber nestles under a big pointed rock on the highland which sticks up aloft and to which we heard that the Kaffirs used to tie their horses. Bottles were stuck into the graves as ornaments and built onto the tops of buildings. We rested beneath a bedome tree which showered its little fruits on us and made as many inquiries as possible in a crowd of starers who were all very polite we heard that wadi shikavi is the end of wadi mosila it runs parallel to and is almost as large as the wadi hadramot khail benzamin is the principal town in it at last feeling that our work and our researches were as thoroughly done as in our power lay we arose and turned our faces toward england end of chapter sixteen the hadramaut coasting eastward by land recording by ken masters